Today's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing or ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to thebeat.robinhood.com. That's thebeat.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of The Beat. I'm Brendan Quinn with The Athletic here with Nick Baumgartner. We are in Detroit, Michigan, here with Josh Bartlestein, this week's guest in your new digs. New digs. I like what you did with the place. Very impressive. It's pretty impressive, yes. uh, (laughs) It only took three and a half years to finish, and I joke... uh, you know, besides it being a little behind schedule and over budget, it turns out great. <laughs> out, but no, it was on budget, on schedule, uh, and we're really proud of it. We think yeah. it's a transformational project and building, and most importantly, our players and employees uh, love it. Largest uh, facility of its kind, right? Largest, ever largest facility ever in the NBA. Ever it's the unique NBA. in that our business yeah. ops and our basketball ops are together, so it's great uh, collaboration. Um, and I think the, the community is going to be a catalyst for development, so you right. see fun market. We're going to hopefully have a fitness tenant, uh, Blink Fitness was in okay. So hmm. there's a lot of cool things about this that make it very unique to what MBA facilities are today. So for anyone who doesn't know, you said it's three months old, right? Um, yeah, basically I opened in October is when basketball moved in. And about a month later, our business ops moved in. New practice facility. Uh, we just went on a tour with you. Yeah. Pretty blown away. For those who don't know, Josh, what is your title with the Detroit Pistons? <laughs> I'm our, our chief of staff and vice president <laughs> of strategy. It makes me sound way cooler and smarter than <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah. Does that all fit on a business card? I, or? I the, the font size is much smaller than everyone else's. Well, everything's ultra modern here. I can't imagine yeah. many people even have business very, cards. Anymore. Very modern. <laughs> um, but if you know, fake it till you make it. But uh, it's a really good organization and good people. Yeah. And hard to believe it's my fifth year here. You know, the state, in the state of Michigan now, between four years in Michigan and five mm-hmm. years here, nine years. A little home for yourself. Chicago. Yeah. Now this is it's your own house. house. I'm, I'm a Michigan. It's hard to believe you're not in college that long. I, I know. It's, 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 it doesn't feel like that long ago. It does not. I joke uh, all the time. You, guys in the four, yeah. you yeah. were on Cranes 30 under 30, oh, but okay. now you're you see, over very, 30. I'm giving you all these things to pub. Very see, good. You're you getting off my are, I gave you. You're, you're, <laughs> now you're old. I, I'm 30 years old. That's right. crazy, right? I know. Yeah. My mom. Everyone feels old. Like When you're 30... I don't feel like an adult, but I'm like a real adult. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm adulting. It uh, <laughs> it gets worse. 
Yeah, it doesn't get much. No, I don't. <laughs> I, my body doesn't feel as good. Like I'm playing when I play basketball, I miss a lot more shots. Yeah, you know, it's, it's harder to get up the next day. I'm sore. So yeah, it's, I'm going in the wrong direction. Right. Are you playing against the Pistons? It wouldn't be a good. I play against Pistons. I'm much more strategic than I play against. Them. <laughs> well, we are going to uh, kind of bounce around yeah. a little bit today. Talk about your old days. Talk about current days. Um, we will. Uh, Let's start. You want to start with with Michigan. Nick actually yeah, covered sure. you. I, I, you came. You were out before I got in. I I so we never crossed paths. Just missed you. Yes. Yeah. So I got in uh, 2011. That was your junior year. 2011, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 12, 13 you was the, the final four. Yeah. So two the final good years. Four. A lot of wins. A lot of wins. You were captain of the final four team. The first final four team since I guess the Fab Five. Right. It was ninety three. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, not a captain, but a member of the first Big Ten title team since 86, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk to people about this all the time. I talk about it a lot anyway. We used to talk about it when Beeline was still a coach at Michigan. The 11-12 team, that was my first season uh, covering the team. That still, to me, I think is, I think we've, we've probably talked about this before, the best job I think Beeline ever did, and maybe the most impressive team of that era, I always think. I still think. And maybe the only other alternative or the other option would be that last Final Four team that he had. But mm-hmm. right, no. that team, Josh, right. you guys win the Big Ten in, in a year where Ohio State was loaded, Michigan State was loaded. I think Iowa was good. I yeah, think it was a really good year. It was amazing. Time, yeah. uh, the next year, I think, was better, but that year was totally legit. When you start that season, did you guys – I mean, realistically, no. do you have any designs on – we're going to be whatever it is, 12 and 6. We're going to win this league. Yeah, it, was such, it was such a transformative time because the year before, we had come off. You know, we started like 1 and 6 in the Big Ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember we like, uh, fly back from a losing at Northwestern, listening to 97 with a ticket, and like they're calling for Coach Beeline's job. Right. I'm like, this is like, I'm officially like, in a business. Like, I, I love Coach <laughs> yeah. B, but like they're calling for his job, and we're 7 and 1. We got drilled by Northwestern. John Sherman is just drilling oh. three <laughs> with a quirky shot. Yeah. And, and it was not good. Um, and somehow we turned it around that year and, and really finished strong. Darius Morris took off and Tim Hardaway yeah. and Zach and Stu. And, and you could kind of see the path towards being relevant. And the next year, um, Darius somewhat surprisingly left. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a second-round pick and it worked out for him with the Lakers. Um, but the, our, we ran hundreds of ball screens a game with Darius and he sprayed the ball out. So I was like, well, how are we replacing him? And Zach tells the story great, but I'll never forget when Trey came on campus. Um, Trey was not like a five-star recruit. I mean, no. he was mm-hmm. a four-star recruit. He was no, committed he was to Penn star, State. Yeah. And their coach left, and, and Trey came in. And his first day of open gym, I look at Zach, looks at me, and is like, "Well, like, like, excuse my English, but fuck, but like, yeah. we're gonna be just fine." <laughs> <laughs> and he won like he won like eight and zero, and we're, we're playing at the IM building this is before the PPC even yeah. opens. Like, this is before like yeah. the Michigan's facilities are lacking. Yeah. Like, we're not the class of the right. Big Ten. We're we're in the middle, maybe even the lower to, to middle. Yeah. Um, and Trey like wins eight straight games. And it's like, all right, I think we're going to be yeah. okay. I didn't realize what he was going to become, but I knew then that we had a guy who could put the ball in his hands and just make plays and get people involved. And then you had Zach and Stu and Tim, Evan Smotrich, mm-hmm. Jordan Morgan. I couldn't agree more. Like when, when people joke and ask why we were so good in my senior year, um, besides my great towel waving scales yeah. and really you know <laughs> jumping up on the bench, like we had six pros, like yeah. Terrace Levert, Tim mm-hmm. Hardaway, Nick Stauskas, Trey Burke. And these are like first-round draft right. pick pros, guys with success in the NBA. The team I just mentioned, like Trey wasn't a pro his no, freshman year, and, no. and Zach and Stu, I can say, wasn't like long ways away from being <laughs> yeah. pro. Uh, so yeah. it was great coaching. It was scheme. Uh, we were really smart. Zach yeah. and Stu are so smart. They're great leaders. Um, 
and played a great brand of basketball. So I do agree. I think if you look at the talent and the level of achievement, yeah. especially in that conference that year, you're like, on paper, we shouldn't have been as good as we were. Right. It, what's your What's your most like? Because my when I think of that season, the thing I think of more than anything else is the night that uh, Jordan Morgan guarded Selinger at Chrysler one on one, like the whole game. I don't yeah. think they doubled it. Didn't all. want to double. We didn't want to go up any threes. Was like number two in the country, and Michigan wins this game, and that's when you you said to yourself like they're probably going to win the Big Ten or at least a share. Maybe the most impressive win yeah. I've seen. I think it was the loudest I ever remember yeah. Chrysler getting. I mean, it was so loud yeah. in that gym. Uh, and Jamo, like, and that, he's another guy. Like his transformation. He came in as a yeah. pudgy kid. Like Coach Bean, was like, we're not, we're not signing left tackles. Jamo, like, turn into a center. He would <laughs> like, drink. Couldn't do any conditioning. No, this. couldn't. Was hurt. He had to drink this. I remember he drinks this prune juice, which would help him lose weight. He would yeah. like, hold his nose and drink it. Uh, <laughs> And, like, what he became, and you're right, like, so much of our offense was him setting screens and then his strong yeah. chest on defense right. guarding Solinger. Um, I remember that. I'll never forget the last game of the year. Uh, I forgot we were playing, but we won. We're coming back on Penn the State. bus. Penn yeah. State. We went at Penn State, coming back on the fly, land, come back on the bus, and Ohio State's playing Michigan yeah, State. And we need Ohio State to win to get a share of the Big Ten title. And it's one of those buses where you can kind of – you have the TVs and you can watch it, but the game's going in and out, and the internet's mm-hmm. not very good, and we're getting kind of snippets of it. And, like, we're actually like, – no, we never cheer for Ohio State. Yeah. And they're playing Michigan State, and it's just all conflicted. And we finally get back to the PPC, like, five, five minutes left in the game. Yeah. And I remember William Buford, who just yeah. killed people in the Big yeah. Ten, dribble left, pull-up, jump shot, hit a game-winning shot. I'll never forget, like, this, the pure joy in everyone's yeah. face, from, like, the support staff to the players to Coach Beeline. To go what we went through from kind of, you know, hitting somewhat rock bottom when Evan Turner hit that shot my freshman year yeah. and being knocked out when we were ranked preseason top 10, to winning a Big Ten championship and saying, like, Michigan basketball can be at the yeah. top of this conference. Um, I, I will never forget being in that room and dumping water on each other. And mm. just, it was such a crazy day. I still, this is completely off track, but it just will never not boggle my mind that the thing that ultimately changed the path of Michigan basketball was Ed DeCellis finally taking yeah. Penn State to I the NCAA like, tournament and being like, leaving. <laughs> F you, I'm going to Navy. Yeah. I'm just going to ride out my career because I'm tired of you guys yeah. questioning me. And, and Trey, Trey like, Burke goes to Michigan. Academy person. <laughs> the, what, the what ifs of, of the basketball <laughs> space and basketball world. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the first time I heard Trey Burke's name. Uh, I'll never forget this. We were on our, our European tour in Belgium. My oh, sophomore right. yep. year, yep. I actually was first time I actually played in those games. You can look it up. I, yep. I made a couple threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that on Synergy? Can we pull yeah. up that? Video? I have a, I have a picture of me sitting on the bench with my shirt off with playing. It was great. Um, shows the lack of depth we had. Uh, but I remember Coach Jordan was trying to get cell phones. So there was in Belgium, and he kept saying, "This guy Trey Burke, I'm trying to get in touch with him. I can't get in touch with yeah. him." Uh, I remember standing next to him, like, like Coach Jordan, just enjoy Belgium. Like, yeah. you can call him when we're back in two days. Like, trust me, I got to get this guy. And thank God he didn't listen to me. Um, but we were walking through a train station in Belgium, and that's, like, the first call of L. Jordan made to Trey Burke. And, like, that changes everything. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy because it, it, it's just sort of like he showed up and – yeah, I remember we, we go out there for media day or whatever, and, you know, the whole thing was about Darius was gone, and it's right. like, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, Stu can probably play a little bit of point guard until this kid. And Carlton Brundage had signed. Yeah, he was Carlton ranked was much higher rated than Trey. Carlton was the, the crown jewel of yeah, that Carlton class. Yeah, Carlton was like a top cool. 50 player, and Trey might have been a top 150 player. Yeah, but it was like, Beeline was doing his best to make it sort of like clear that it's probably going to be Trey Burke. We're just not going to say it or whatever. But, the, but then I think you guys go to Maui, 
Yeah. I remember NBA scouts talking to me. They're like, "This guy's ready for the league right now." And I'm like, "You better not say that too loud. He's going to lose it in your He game. was <laughs> he was so good in Maui yeah. and those yeah. rims in Maui. Like the ball just dies in the rims. Yeah, you ever, you, everyone should go if you can yes. to the, uh, yes. the Maui the, the Maui Gym Classic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The gym it's so loud. It's great. Um, but Trey was just killing people, picking yeah. rolls, pulling up from so deep. And I remember saying like. The guy's a pro. Like I'm sitting on the bench right. talking to Matt Bogert. Like the guy's a pro. Like he's not going to be <laughs> yeah, here very long. Like yeah. I don't know what I'm watching. Like we just lost Darius, and I'm like, well, so it was fun to make a tournament once. Like like he's he's better. Like yeah. it was unbelievable. Um, we and we played Duke in there and had a, like, yeah. against Austin Rivers had a great game. Place was packed. It but was yeah. a good game too. I mean, he played him well. I mean, it was. I think Trey had he killed that Joe Jackson who was killed Memphis him. five star. Yeah, he Memphis destroyed him. Killed Memphis. That and was then, like peak Michigan. Let's yeah. cut him up. Like those types of teams, long athletes. Yeah. We run our stuff like they have no chance. Well, We'd always joke. Long. Like those types of the teams that like Wisconsin you sag off and scout yeah. and sure it's a big time opponent and are better, are harder to play against, but the athletes, whether it was like VCU and the NCAA tournament right. or like Memphis, yeah. like you don't have a chance against Michigan. Right. <laughs> no. That, that was not with Coach Field. That and yeah. like UCLA, I think was like yeah, later, yeah. same thing happened. Exactly. But yeah, interesting times, I think, to say the least. Um, and then the other story that always comes up about that is the next year when all those younger guys showed. We talk about the six pros, but all those kids that came mm-hmm. in for that recruiting class that wasn't supposed to be this amazing recruiting class on paper, but then they show up and start, you know, beating the crap out of all the veterans in practice. And it's like, okay, well, what? Now we've really got something here. Now yeah, no, that, win a that uh, their first day on there, and the legend grows like they won 77 yeah. games, right? <laughs> not sure how many it was, but they're, they're really good. But you said, like, it, you know, Mitch McGarry was, was very highly recruited. Glenn, Glenn yeah. blew up at the end, but when he signed, he wasn't like a, a no brainer. No. And, and Spike, you know, was basically a walk-on. Yep. Spike can listen to that. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick Stauskas was by no means an NBA player. And Karis LeVert, basically, we got reluctant. So, you know, else wanted yep. when Wink Gross went to Illinois. Um, but but I could tell right away just, like, the talent and how they played. And they fit Coach Bieler's system so well. Um, I remember saying to, to Matt Vergich, like, who was a co-leader with me, like, we got to, like, you know, get these guys in the infrastructure and embed them in our, in our kind yep. of how we do things. Because the sooner we do it, like, we can be really good. I didn't know how good. I didn't know we'd go to the national championship, but I knew uh, like what Mitch could do was transcendent for what Coach mm-hmm. Bieland wanted to run. Uh, what Nick Stauski could do shooting, like if you put Nick and Mitch in a pick mm-hmm. and roll and put Nick in the corner. Um, I remember watching side note watching Rupertino's interview before the game. He's like, "Well, they run pick and rolls if, uh, for national championship tray." And, and Mitch McGarry with Nick in the corner it's like pick your poison like what yeah. you can't what take away everything yeah. and I was like with this personnel and you know Glenn cutting back door off that like what are these teams going to do we, we had all the pieces mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of I made the speech to our team before year started I was like when you have to win this championship there's so much variance who knows what happens in the tournament yeah. but there's probably like six teams that can really win it because they check so many boxes and their margin of error is big enough that they can mm-hmm. figure it out and looking at what we had I was like we check all the boxes so if yeah. we do the small stuff and do it the right way like we can do something really special, and sure enough, we so almost you knew did. Right, you knew right I, did. Yeah. I did, I did. I knew we had all the pieces. Now you can. Now everyone like overreacts to like when Michigan take the loss to Purdue. Like in any one right. game, like you can go three for twenty six right. from three. The team you play against can fifteen threes. You're not going to win. But over the course of a bell curve, I was like, as a bell curve, yeah. you have like th- three games a year. You're always going to win because you're just going to make enough shots. Doesn't right. matter who you're playing. Right. You're going to have like two games where you're not going to win because you just can't make shots and you play bad. And every the 25 other games are right in the middle. And if your team's good enough, you win a lot of those games. Yeah. I knew most times in the middle of that bell curve where most games fall, we're good enough to win a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the, the dynamic of being the captain and team leader 
when you're not the guy who's actually scoring the points. Um, how much, like, how much did that year and that experience um, kind of, I guess, form your idea of personality, leadership, all that stuff for like all the shit you're doing now yeah, when you're like a 30 year yeah, old in this ridiculous, yeah. crazy job, it, super it, high it profile. It changed my entire life like, like that year. <laughs> right. yeah. and I, I haven't really ever told the story how I how I got it because people are like, you know, how did you get the captainship? And sure, we had this void of Zach and Stu leaving. Uh-huh. But Michigan runs this course, like leadership course, where a lot of student athletes take it. And I've noticed but they go out to kind of members in the community and, and, and school and they ask to grade kind of how they are as a student and a leader. So they ask like your teachers, they ask like janitors, anyone. I had no idea. And it was like me and some other guys on the basketball team, Coach Bean recommends like four guys to do with like football, baseball. Right. Um, and I got, you know, they sent the scores back and I was like, I had the highest score in, in the history of Michigan wow. leadership. And what sealed it for me is the janitor at the sports management school wrote this like two page thing about how like nice I am to him and like you know, always <laughs> talk to him wow. and that just goes to show like you never know yeah. what's yeah. gonna come to you and it's just like ordinary people doing ordinary uh-huh. things like I don't, I don't I'm just nice to everyone I yeah. wasn't thinking that Janet right. would write this they wrote this really long thing and they shared it with Coach Beeline and he's like that's who he wants to lead our team and I think I had enough of a post of the locker room mm-hmm. post of our coaches and our players knew even though I didn't play like I cared deeply about them yeah. and I think the, the thing I learned is like everyone in today's world where there's so many millennials and everyone's given a lot of things uh, it's very hard to give constructive criticism now, especially with players. So, like, to be able to put your arm around them, a lot of one-on-one, and everyone's lens is, like, how is it going to benefit me? So right. you have to kind of thread the needle between, I want to help the Michigan Wolverines or the Detroit Pistons, but, like, how is that going to eventually lead to success for myself? Because most people care about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just seeing all the individuals, and there's, there's so, so, so much diversity, like Trey Burke mm-hmm. to Zach Novak to Jordan Morgan to Tim Hardaway, they're all very, very different guys. What motivates Tim's what different than what oh, yeah. motivates Nick oh, or yeah. Trey. Uh, so to see that and be like, everyone's different. you got to be flexible and, and, and unique. And um, it changed my life because from that, I was able to write this book that we went on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the book opened the door to the Pistons. And just like, no, better to be lucky than good. It was crazy, though, because it's like that was such a unique dynamic. I feel like some, I feel like some college teams are trying to sort of copy this a little bit now. We've seen it with, the you know, Keep the veterans around, but also make sure you totally loaded. Totally, you know, younger kids. But you, your team had, like you just you just mentioned it. Trey Burke was different than you know X, Y, and Z on the team. Mitch McGarry is as is different as anybody. Stauskas is incredibly different, and can, all these people can grind on each other, right? So they go through this whole year. Everyone's eighteen or nineteen. Most of them have never done this before, and you guys are able to stay together. And how much do you? I mean, obviously, because it wasn't just you either. I know you no. can't take all the credit for it because no. it's, you had. McClyman's and, yeah, and Corey Person was Corey. huge. So, yeah. I mean, we had a leadership committee of yeah. seniors. And it was so unique. It was just it's, a, it's yeah. not easy. Like, you're a steward moving this program forward right. in what is Michigan basketball. At the same time, you have guys younger than you, like like Esso Kune wanted to be the backup point guard. Yeah. So, like, Albrecht got that job. It's not easy for Esso, but, but I think when you care so deeply about something and, and everyone's on the same page, there's no passive-aggressive behavior. Right. So you see that so much on teams. There was no passive-aggressive behavior. We all had one common goal. And the truth is, if you all win which we all did, mm-hmm. we're all better for it. Like, everyone's draft position improved. The doors yeah, that Esso has now, I have now. Corey, like, you know, you're Michigan legends. Like, you can go yeah. around the state of Michigan. People, people like, know who I am. Like, why does yeah. anyone know who Josh Barlston is? But if I, like, met a Pistons game, they'd be like, oh, can you sign an autograph? Like, that's insane to me. Like, <laughs> I scored six college career points, right? Like, <laughs> Trey break to that in 32 seconds most games. Yeah. Um, but it changes your life. And if you yeah. buy into that, I realize, like, if you become an iconic team, 
who knows what happens. Uh-huh. And I think everyone bought into that. So like knowing that, I'm curious when you're in your, and so for like people listening, there are certain things that we can't talk about because of uh, Josh's current role. So we can't talk specifics about like current Michigan players and things like that because mm-hmm. there's rules and all that other crap. But I do wonder like when you're watching guys, because I feel like you can tell the difference when you're watching certain teams and you look at oh, the, yeah. and you look at the bench. Yes. And you can see someone score yeah. a basket. Yeah. And there are guys who are, you know, yeah. and then there's dudes who are like jumping off their chair, doing yeah. backflips and losing their minds. And it's just genuine and all that yeah. stuff. And I wonder if like the NBA guys, when you're watching college kids and all this stuff, like how much of that are you taking into account? Like what you saw from the guys who you played with who ended up being pros? Yeah, I think it's huge. And I, like whether it's college, high school, youth basketball, the NBA, like I always say there's a basketball universe. In that universe, there's role definition, and you can't have too many guys who want the ball, too many guys who don't want the ball and on the bench. But I think the best teams, and Coach B was great at this, like, he knew, like, I was really important to have in the team in my role, and that allowed, like, Trey Burke to always have the ball because the ball ever wasn't going to me, right? But um, you have to have, you know, there's only so much usage in a game. you got to squeeze the juice out of certain guys. So, so Trey wants the juice squeezed out of him, and mm-hmm. Trey wants, or Tim Hardy wants the juice squeezed out of him. And Glenn, you can squeeze a little juice out of it, but he can cut more and not have as much of a usage and kind of be a, a pick-and-pop guy. Um, and I think the teams that struggle, you have eight guys who feel like, I should always have the ball. And then when they're on the bench, it's like, well, I want to be out there, and I can't take joy in other people's mm-hmm. success. So that's why I think team building is so, so important because guys want to you know they want to you know, go from high school to college and get a scholarship. They want to go from, the, from college to the NBA and be a draft pick. They mm-hmm. want to go be in the NBA and get a second contract. As much as they want to win, they also want to see themselves succeed. So if you don't do a good job in realizing that, like, on my bench, i got to have guys that buy into what we're preaching, um, you're, you're going to run into conflict. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, and we're making it sound really easy, I feel like, because that, that was probably a more challenging year in some of those areas, because I can remember, you know, an interview with Mitch once where he's like, I should be starting, you know, and I can remember guys getting frustrated, younger players yeah. being younger players, and that stuff... I feel like that team went through like seventeen lives. Yeah, we started you know, sixteen. So much, yeah, you know. like it was it was like multiple seasons. You're yeah. right, and like how many five star recruits? Like the first one you get, and then you don't play him yeah. very much because what does that say? Yeah, he was people recruiting. Mm-hmm. Mitch wasn't yeah. playing, and he was banged up and not, mm-hmm. and not in great shape. And then what he came on to. Yeah. Um, but that's why you have to have a great infrastructure and culture and leaders that like I took up their Mitch in the wing. Like I'm telling you, if you do this now, mm-hmm. it's going to pay off later. And I knew that because I'd been a part of it. And you have guys preaching the right things to him. And Mitch gets all the credit. Like, the guy lost 20 pounds. He got himself right. Oh, yeah. um, and look what My he God. became. Yeah. But, but there's other times where you have us. You know, and give Jordan Morgan Jordan credit. Jones. Like, Jordan Morgan was like, I'm going to help this guy. But he's going to actually take my minutes. Like, oh, it doesn't yeah. happen very mm-hmm. often. It's very, very unique. But when you recruit smart guys with good backgrounds, but he got in That's amazing shape, and look what he's doing now. I mean, just yeah. making boats yeah. overseas. Right. Jane, Jane was like still a professional basketball yeah. player. Yeah, like a UFC fighter. <laughs> <laughs> watching the game, he's just killing people. And, he's, he's and the, you think about those early days, right, where it was like everyone who played with Jordan yeah. tells that story about, you know, what was the sprint thing? And it's like, yeah, he, he could it, not do it. Not, you know, not, not even close. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. And now he's just killing people. Over yeah, just no, crazy. it's unbelievable. He's, he's, like, he's another great story. Yeah. So many on that team, so many in that area in general. So let's get into some good stuff here. What uh, is your most embarrassing story from practices at Michigan when that team was <laughs> rocking and rolling with all these NBA players? Oh, man. I'm having to guard Trey Burke every day is one large <laughs> embarrassment, right? Um, you know, it's a funny story. Uh, so, like, my sophomore year, we had, like, it was like the NBA dads, right? We had oh, yeah, Jordan yeah, Dumar's son. <laughs> 
John Horford, yeah. Tim Hardaway, yeah. and they like they they would include me in it because my dad's a sports <laughs> agent. So like we're doing this story and we're taking pictures. And this reporter is like, like I know like why Jordan's here and why John's here and why Tim's here. He's like, why the heck are you here? I'm like man, he's like sports agent. What does yeah. that even mean? So I was like, I was like an NBA guy, but yeah. because my dad was there first, like Dumars, Horford, and Hardaway, <laughs> one doesn't very much stand out. Yeah. Um, no, I think, God, I mean, I got dunked on a lot. I mean, Tim Hardaway almost ended me once. Uh, Glenn Robin. I mean, this, it's not, you know, for like a Jewish guy from Highland Park to, to be positioned to, you know, guard it. Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, two-on-one, is not going to end well for the Jewish guy. So it's like, what do you expect is going to happen? Um, but that was the best part, is, you know, yeah. the practice. Because for me, those were my games. Like, I, mm-hmm. when I almost went to Michigan, I could have gone, like, you know, Penn, Northwestern, um, a lot of mid-majors on what had gone to play. And I, I think to myself all the time, like, what would what what, have it been? I mean, how much better would your life have been if you played in the Philadelphia Big Five? Palestra, you came from the Palestra. I, mean, I said that for you, too, by the way. Um, no, but, like, and I, I think, like, if, if we didn't go to the Final Four and that's championship my senior yeah. year and I wasn't the captain, like, maybe there's a path for being a pen and mm-hmm. getting to play 25 minutes sure. a game. Like, it was the better one. Sure. But I would say the last year and what – what that allowed me to do and the, and the platform yeah. it gave me like changed changed my life. Crazy. Yeah. You mentioned it, but your situation always was unique in college because your dad. I mean, your dad is one of the biggest you know agents in the world. Has been for a long, long time. Um, what was that always like for you? And then what was that like when you were a kid? Did so as a kid, meet, I'm sure you got to meet. It's the some best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, and people <laughs> yeah. always ask, like, what's my favorite team? Yeah. I don't have favorite teams. The only team I've heard team for is the Chicago White Sox. Big White okay, Sox yeah, fan. Yeah. Love our offseason moves. Yeah. <laughs> um, for basketball and football, which are my two favorite sports, I never cheered for teams. I always cheered for my dad's clients. So uh-huh. I was a, like, whether it was Kurt Warner or Jake Delone or Mo Williams, um, Antoine Walker. Like, I grew up. I would come home after school every day and just I couldn't wait for six o'clock to seven, yeah. six o'clock central so I could just watch basketball all night. And my life is just revolved around the game of basketball because of my, my I love my yeah. dad death. Like we would sit on our couch and watch his clients, but I would never cheer for certain teams. And when Kurt Warner got traded or free agent or when mm-hmm. Mo Williams switched teams, I would just go start watching those new teams. So I would switch. I would flip the switch real yeah. quick. Um, so basketball has always been my life. I, I my Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours is just like, I've, all mm-hmm. I do is watch basketball. Mm-hmm. I could watch high school, I could watch anything. I just love the bounce of the ball and the you know, basketball mm-hmm. and mapping it out and seeing what happens off the ball. And because um, that's where the magic of the yeah. game happens. So um, basketball has my life and, it, and lucky enough now, it, it kind of is my life. How much, it, how much did it benefit you? Like, I, I feel like a part of me on like the smallest degree can kind of understand what you're talking about just because the Sixers practiced at St. Joe's in the summertime and so my dad would just bring me to work and just leave me there. Mm -hmm. So I would just spend the day at Sixers practice with like Jim Lynham and just hanging out with like Armin Gilliam and Rick Mahorn and and it was just normal. Like it wasn't a big deal and so I just wanted like for the rest of your life when that is normalized I feel like it can kind of change a lot of dynamics yeah. in terms of how you view people, how you yeah. talk to I people. I think the stuff thing, like, that. like you, it, the fame is, is normalized, you yeah. yeah. but, but it taught me was how hard these guys work. Oh, right? Like, yeah. hmm. there's there's a reason why LeBron's LeBron, Mo Williams, Mo Williams, uh, you know, all PJ Browns, PJ Brown, all these guys they grew up around. Like, they just work their tails off, mm. and they're in the gym, and it's it's their profession and their craft, and they don't take it for granted. Um, you don't get to be a really good basketball player just by waking up one day and being good. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else, though. It's the same way, like whether you're a dancer, mathematician, a 
accountant, like you just, it's sweat equity. You just put the time in. You put the time in, you give yourself confidence that you're gonna figure it out. So I remember just growing up, my dad would be like, these guys are who they are because of what they do. And I always said I wanted to be a college basketball player, mm-hmm. like going up in Chicago, Highland Park, Illinois. My goal was to always playing the Big Ten. Not sure I was gonna be able to, um, but that was always my goal and why I ended up choosing Michigan. But he's like, if you're gonna do that, the only way you can do it is just by being in the gym and working working really hard. And, I, and that's the one thing I, I did do is I, I I didn't take anything for granted. You know, some people always joke like, well, your dad must have got you to Michigan because of the people he knew yeah. like that. Um, and people can say what they want. I think most people know me and the person I am and how hard I work. Like everything I've got is just from putting my head down and self-deprecating and grinding mm-hmm. and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. It's such an underrated thing too because once you, I mean, <clears throat> Brennan and I can both probably, you know, feel this whole thing. Because once, you, once you're around professional athletes enough to understand why they are professional athletes right. and it's not just because they were born with, you know, high ability. It, everything changes for you because you understand, you know, sort of what they do, what they go through. For you to get that as as such a young person has to set you on, you know. I mean, I'm sure at some point you're you're able to recognize what actual, you know, because when you're that good at something, the only way to separate yourself is still the same. It's it's, it's the work. Yeah. And I think everybody, we always lose a little bit of that perspective when we talk about pro athletes all the time because it's like, well, I mean, this guy's not doing, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, you don't. I don't think people. We just walked around this facility, right? And no. We just walked around. What was the the Dead Sea uh, nap thing? Yeah, <laughs> the sensory deprivation people, tank. Yeah, yeah, they take every single little whatever they can get <laughs> at this level, and it's always it's interesting for somebody like that because I, I I would say for Tim Hardaway right when Tim went pro after his junior year, everybody was like, "What a stupid decision this guy's making! What an idiot!" And I'm like, "This is Tim Hardaway. He grew up yeah. around Tim Hardaway senior. Seems that yeah. seems like he's it been worked. around yeah. basketball his whole life at the highest level. He knows how to work, and he knows what that means. He's going to be just fine. Eighty-two million dollars right. later, he's doing he's just, just fine. <laughs> but and then I think it goes to show, like, the margin for error and all these things are so small. Right. And that's why, like, yeah. I, I find it so funny whether it's Twitter, or blog post, everyone like speaks in absolutes, like, uh-huh. oh, they're done, like." Uh, the bounce of a ball, the eighth man hitting three threes, yeah. like the game can shift so quick. Yeah. And that's why I always like joke in the bell curve and people are like, you're too analytical. But like, no, like you have the games you win, you have the games you, you win, lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything else falls in the middle. And if you're really good, you figure out how to push those games. But like when Purdue lost, or Michigan State just lost to Purdue yeah. by 29, like, that's their one game this year they right. weren't going to win. Watch the rest of the year, they'll have a couple games that crush people and everything else will fall in the middle. And the mm-hmm. same with Michigan. That's what how the basketball works. Mm-hmm. Did you... Uh... What have your interactions been with Juwan in your basketball life? So, uh, I'll never forget. This was one of the times I actually felt cool in my life. Uh, <laughs> we So, after 2013, it was like the life of a rock star, right? Like, you go to the mm. national championship. Like, you're walking around. People know who you are. Best year of my life. Uh, and I went back to Chicago, and the Bulls were playing the Heat uh, regular season game. I remember I was sitting on the court, and Juwan saw me. He taps over uh, Dwayne Wade, and he's like, Dwayne, like, that's Josh Parlson, captain of the Michigan basketball team. I'm like, oh, made it. <laughs> That's pretty made awesome. It. Yeah. Uh, so that was like, and, and Jawan and my dad knew each other. So mm-hmm. like, he was very nice. Yeah. And Jawan, like one, like you won't find a nicer human being. Yeah. Like, like him and Coach Beeline, like Michigan basketball, just the nicest people of cool. all time. Like very authentic and very genuine. Like it's not just because he knew who my dad was. Right. So it could have been nicer than me. And then being in the NBA and, and just meeting him, like we got to talk right. a little bit. Right. And then we've got, you know, I get the good news is I live in the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. so whether it's going to meet with him or just talk and at a very high level, um, he couldn't be nicer and talk about a great ambassador for the Michigan brand. So, I mean, they hit a home run. Just the way he's going to be able to recruit, you're already seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's a basketball savant, being under Spolstra himself playing yeah, what right. he's done. Like, he checks every single box. And 
my my view, and, and maybe I'm a little biased, but like he'll be the one of the premier coaches, whatever it's Michigan goes to the NBA, sure. 15 yeah. years, whatever it is, like he's gonna be the guy. People, that's who I want to hire the next Joan Howard. Yeah. So, so you don't hold animosity against studs who didn't sign with your your dad. He was a David Falk. No, 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 no. <laughs> I said people always joke like, now nah, my dad's on his own. Now I'm all about the Pistons, <laughs> University of Michigan. There's no no allegiance. I'm all about value signing, Jeff. We're going to take a quick break here, guys, and then we'll come right back on the other side, maybe talk some uh, some of Josh's life after Michigan, maybe a little bit. I want to, I want to pick his brain a little bit on uh, some analytics stuff yeah. and uh, where the game is going and maybe sure. try to educate some people out there. Absolutely. So Let's stay with it. us uh, for the subscriber portion. We'll be right back. to the county, the place where I was born and raised, the place where I 